Today on the Tech Bytes podcast, we're talking about Wi-Fi 6E. And as you may know, 6E gear can take advantage of the recent addition of unlicensed spectrum in the 6 gigahertz band, but that 6 gigahertz band isn't a free-for-all. There are also incumbent entities that also have a stake in the spectrum. So to prevent interference, there's an effort known as the Automated Frequency Coordination Database, or AFC. It coordinates among licensed and unlicensed users. So on today's podcast, which is sponsored by Aruba, a Hewlett Packard Enterprises company, we're going to hear about Aruba's participation in the first public demonstration of Wi-Fi. 6E and the AFC database. My guest is Dave Wright, head of global wireless policy at Aruba. Uh, Dave, welcome to the podcast. So first, you know, what are the issues with this six gigahertz band? I thought when the FCC opened it up, it was a big swath of unlicensed spectrum. What's the catch? Yeah, thanks, Drew. Uh, thanks for having me. And and absolutely, I mean, this is the most significant allocation of mid-band unlicensed spectrum that we've had in 20 years, um, 1,200 megahertz of spectrum, 59.25 to 71.25 megahertz. But it did come with strings attached. I mean, there there is no, you know, pristine, green-filled, unoccupied spectrum. Spectrum is a uh, highly sought-after commodity in our, you know, increasingly wireless world. So um, it's all occupied. So the the you know the value proposition, if you will, that we brought to the FCC and that we're now bringing to regulators around the world was that unlicensed operations, including Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi 6E, um, in the six gigahertz band would you know, work around and protect the existing incumbent services that you mentioned. Um, and there's a variety of different incumbent operations uh, in the six gigahertz band in those frequency ranges I mentioned, everything from fixed microwave services, um, point to point typically, mm -hmm. uh, to satellite. There's some uh, satellite uh, stations there as well. Um, there's some mobile uh, incumbent services, which are actually a little bit more challenging to protect. So mm -hmm. some things around broadcast auxiliary services, auxiliary relay services, um, and what what you'll notice, like in the U.S., we have four different subbands within the broader six gigahertz band: um, Uni five, Uni six, Uni seven, and Uni eight. Uh, those are the the four subbands, if you will, um, and they each have slightly different characteristics based on the incumbents that operate there. The automated frequency coordination that we're really here to talk about in the demonstration that we did, that is specific to what we call the standard power mode of operation in Wi-Fi 6E, which allows outdoor operations, it allows higher power operations, connectorized antennas. There are two other modes in addition to standard power. There's what's called low power indoor mode, and that's what is available really in the U.S. today and, and in a number of other countries today. Um, and as it, as it you know, sort of uh, self-describes itself, it's uh, indoors only and it's at lower power. Uh, in the U.S., it's at you know, 5 dBm per megahertz, which translates to you know uh, about 250 milliwatts in an 80 megahertz wide channel. So not not you know super high power and indoor only. So um, that's the LPI mode. And then there's another mode called very low power or VLP. P, um, which, uh, you know, as, as the name again implies, is at such low power levels, like 25 milliwatts of EIRP, that, um, you know, there's virtually no chance that it would interfere um, with the incumbent services. But that's only really good for personal area, you know, personal hotspots, right, okay. you know, mm -hmm. AR, VR headsets, that sort of thing, maybe in vehicle. Um, but, but standard powers are going to require this AFC capability, the automated frequency coordination. Okay, so I'm assuming automated frequency coordination database is just what it sounds, a database of, uh, you know, frequencies that are available or not available and folks are supposed to coordinate around it. Is that the idea? 
It's actually a little bit more sophisticated than just a, a database. It's not just an Excel sheet that the FCC it's is keeping. It's not. Yeah, no. It's yeah. That, that, but actually, what we're really doing is we're advancing the the you know, state of the art or the state of the possible with spectrum management. Um, and this is the sort of world that I live in, doing spectrum policy. You know, really everything that we know today, you know, in, with cellular connectivity and with Wi-Fi connectivity, Bluetooth, um, and and really everything else is based on this sort of longstanding notion that you either license spectrum and sell it at an FCC auction for billions of dollars and it becomes sort of the exclusive domain of well-moneyed um, you know, <laughs> entities like the mobile operators, um, or you sort of just make it available, unlicensed, free for all, no interference protections, but you know, easy, no barriers to access, everybody right. can can utilize it. And so that's what we've had up until till now. And and what we're starting to see with um, first the citizens broadband radio service or CBRS and the uh, three and a half gig um, band and now with six gigahertz AFC is that we're we're really introducing you know databases um, that have awareness ge you know geolocation awareness um, spectrum awareness incumbent operation awareness and so you know given that if a radio comes up and speaks to one or communicates with one of these databases it can say Hey, I'm a Wi-Fi, you know, 6E access point. I want to operate in standard power mode. I'm at this location. Um, tell me what frequencies I can use and mm. what power levels I can use mm -hmm. without creating interference um, to an incumbent. And so that's what AFC is. It's to, I, I compare it a lot to DHCP um, in the IP addressing space. Yep. Um, and I, I can remember as a network administrator, my, my spreadsheets <laughs> of, you know, going back to your point, I can remember <laughs> maintaining spreadsheets of IP addresses. Every time you assigned a host, you put it in your spreadsheet. And, you know, when you gave two, two nodes the same IP, bad things happened. Um, and then all of a sudden DHCP came along and it changed the world overnight. I'm, I'm guessing this is not, though, managed by individual uh, YLAN operators. I'm probably <laughs> assuming that, you know, Aruba yeah. Central, which is managing the, the APs, has some access to a centralized database that it's checking to make sure this AP in this location can use these frequencies at, the, at these power levels. Good point. Yeah, uh, this is not something that, you know, the AFC service is not something that, you know, an individual network administrator, or IT department, um, you know, would run. Uh, so that is a good distinction with DHCP. Now, um, so in the U.S., the uh, FCC solicited proposals from companies that would like to provide these um, AFC services, and they got four, 14 applications. Um, this was uh, end of last year. Um, so December 21, they'd receive 14 applications, and it's a bit of a who's who of people um, and you know companies and organizations in the space. So, you know, Google um, was there, Broadcom, Qualcomm, Wi-Fi Alliance submitted a proposal, and then there were some uh, companies that really specialize in this uh, you know, spectrum management uh, database realm, if you will. So Federated Wireless, who's uh, Aruba's partner for AFC services, Red Technologies, um, uh, Comscope, Comsearch, companies like that. Okay. Uh, so this August, uh, I understand Aruba actually participated in a public trial using 6E APs and the uh, Automated Frequency Coordinate Database. Can you talk a little bit about that? What, what were you looking to do? How did the trial work? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Drew. Yeah. So um, 
this was the world's first demonstration of um, an AFC system, uh, again, operated by our partner Federated Wireless, actually coordinating spectrum access uh, that was being used in real time by Wi-Fi 6E APs from Aruba. Um, and, you know, the, the work, the industry work to sort of operationalize all of this began really right after the FCC released its six gigahertz report in order, which was back in April of 2020. So almost two and a half years ago. So we've been working, we've been hard at work on this in groups like Wi-Fi Alliance and WinForum. We've come up with like the, you know, protocol that it runs between the, um, access points or the controller. Uh, and the AFC, um, you know, we've come up with all the different requirements. Uh, and, you know, so industry has been hard at work on this, has come out with a, a lot of, you know, uh, deliverables um, to make this all work. And we were the first people um, to actually implement it and demonstrate it um, in a live setting. So we, um, you know, CITC, which is the Saudi Arabian um, spectrum regulator, uh, had reached out to us and was interested in doing a demonstration showing that they want to be on the leading edge of this database coordinated spectrum access as well. Um, and so we brought over some of our AP655s, which are our um, you know, flagship 6E uh, product. Uh, worked with Federated on you know, the AFC implementation again, and we demonstrated you know four of these APs passing um, almost six gigabits of aggregate traffic um, using higher than uh, well, this essentially standard power mode operation. So we were operating above what would be permitted in the LPI mode, low power indoor mode um, in Saudi Arabia uh, as allowed or as authorized, if you will, by the uh, AFC uh, database from Federated. Um, there was a number of uh, fixed microwave incumbents that uh, uh, that CITC had given us the information about um, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the Riyadh area, so in close proximity to where we were doing this demonstration. So you're doing the demo in an environment where there could potentially be interference uh, exactly. in this six gigahertz band, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and then we were showing how, you know, if you looked across the band, um, uh, how, uh, you know, certain portions of it, we had to operate at lower powers or, or we, we just avoided those areas uh, or those frequency ranges because mm -hmm. uh, of the incumbent operations. But this was all, again, you know, coordinated, uh, you know, by both the AFC system, Aruba Central and the APs themselves. Okay, so let's bring in the Aruba Central part because I mentioned earlier and you mentioned earlier, this isn't something you'd want to necessarily do with an Excel spreadsheet. It sounds like you need some <laughs> kind of centralized management to actually, you know, for the radios to be able to perform in the right spectrum at the right power levels. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so uh, that, that's kind of the fun part of this um, is, you know, we're, we're going to have a whole bunch of new tools and new UIs that um, people will, will get a chance to to familiarize themselves. So, you know, when you go in and you are, are looking, you know, in Aruba Central at six gigahertz standard power operation, you'll see sort of channels, you know, the, the channel raster uh, of 20 megahertz, 40 megahertz, 80 megahertz, 160 megahertz wide channels. Um, and then you'll see, you know, uh, like if you're in the US, it's the Uni 5 and the Uni 7 subbands are available for standard power. So you'd see those sort of as, as available channels. Mm -hmm. And then you'd see as the queries go up to the federated AFC, you'll see what comes back with some coding around essentially, you know, uh, 
yeah, I'll, I'll just, yeah, this isn't how it's going to look, but just as, so to give people some idea of, you know, uh, at, at least the thinking uh, conceptually, you know, it's sort of like red, yellow, green, right? So if it's green, it's, you know, hey, good, go, full power, et cetera. Mm-hmm. If it's mm-hmm. ye- yellow, maybe there's some power constraints on it. And if it's red, it's just, you know, uh, that that's probably not a channel you want to utilize. So there'll be new, you know, new tools, new interfaces to help people understand, you know, all the interactions that are going on between the radio, the AFC, and again, the incumbent operations informing all of that. So are there actual regulations around uh, the automated frequency coordination database that I, as a, you know, as I'm deploying uh, a wireless deployment that I would need to be aware of? Or is this just sort of, we're trying to be good neighbors with other folks who may have licensed a portion of the spectrum? Yeah, I would say as an end user, as a customer, what's going to be important to you is sort of, you know, what 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 is available to me at this location, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would want to be able to go in again, you know, be, because we've been working with Federated now for, uh, well, we've been working with them for a number of years and we announced uh, our partnership with them um, about a year ago. It was October of 21. Um, because we've been working with them for so long, we've developed a number of tools that you know we, we were sort of using for advocacy purposes and some of our uh, early planning, um, where you can you know you can put in a location. Here's my lab, my long, and you know it'll essentially show you what your your channel availability uh, for standard power operation would look like. You know what power levels you could operate, et cetera. Um, so I think that's the kind of information as an end user they're going to be ultimately interested in. I mean, they don't need to know that, you know, <laughs> the AFC is, you know, doing free, free space path loss from zero to 30 meters and then winter two from 30 meters to a kilometer and then ITM, propagate, this is the propagation modeling, right? So, I mean, there's all this stuff, there's terrain databases, there's assumptions about building entry losses. I mean, so the AFCs are, yeah, and yeah, you know, so those those are uh, things are all stipulated in the rules, and the AFCs, um, you know, account for them. But uh, you know, that's probably uh, far beyond what most uh, customers are going to care about. It sounds like what I'm hearing then is if I'm going out and doing a site <laughs> survey, I will get data back saying informing me about placement and options, and I don't have to worry so much about <laughs> the excruciating level of detail on the back end. Exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, again, I can't speak for all the AFC operators, but the way Federated is approaching it, they're going to have some real nice um, outputs that, that that make it easier for the customer to understand what, what power availability, or frequency and power availability looks like in, in location, depending on whether you're indoors or outdoors, by the way. So, I was going to ask, are there, you know, just sort of uh, general rules about where I might run into this issue? Is it, you know, uh, by industry, by location, by you mm-hmm. know, what kind of services I might be near? Yeah, it, it, it's it, that's a good question, Drew. And, um, you know, it, it, a lot of it's sort of geographic. There tends to be and, and, and also some industry specific um, mm-hmm. locations. So I'm thinking you know, parts of Texas, for whatever reason, the um, you know the the petro industry has uh, you know, deployed a good amount of um, fixed wireless microwave sure. uh, links, yep. and um, you know some some mobile operators use it for cell site backhaul as well. So you know if you get into some of the you know urban downtown areas, you'll see that you know for outdoor standard power, yeah, there'll probably be some some frequencies that are that are you know constrained or or just aren't aren't available. Um, you know, you get uh, to other parts of the country and you know, even East West coasts, it's, it, it looks much different. And then certainly, you know, uh, suburban and rural areas. Um, I've seen, you know, I, 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 
you know, you may have one or two sort of really long shot microwave links that happen to pass through an area, but but it tends to be that it, it's more the metropolitan areas where you see the impacts. Well, that wraps up our time. I feel like, Dave, we probably could have talked an hour about this, but we only have a short time. So if folks want to go uh, find out more for themselves, where should they go? Yeah, uh, please always go to uh, arubanetworks.com, um, our primary website. And then, uh, Drew, if we could, I'd love to post a couple of links in the show notes uh, to some recent blogs talking about the CITC demo, talking about AFC and standard power, and then uh, just this whole transition to dynamic spectrum access with these uh, databases. Uh, absolutely. We'll make sure the links to those blogs go in the show notes that accompany this podcast. So just uh, head on over to packetpushers.net to, to search for those uh, links in the show notes that are on the show. Uh, Dave, thank you for being a guest. Uh, thanks to Aruba for being a sponsor. And thanks to you for being a listener. If you like this episode, you can find many more fine, free technical podcasts and our community blog. It's all at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn, hear us on Spotify, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough. <laughs>